and welcome back to Two Furs for the Avengers Reserve podcast episode 19 and I'm delighted as always to be joined by sad boy Kerr. Uh, how are you doing today Kerr? I'm good, I'm good, I'm very tired um, <laughs> but how are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm fairly tired myself, I think I like got in from work at like sort of like 2, 3am or something like that but um, yeah, like it's, it's, it's definitely, um, I think we started this in kind of like lockdown i think it was still here and like you were uh didn't have this kind of like new job at disney world yeah um, so like it was <laughs> i was very, doing like, nothing manageable. yeah it was very manageable <laughs> uh back in the day and just waiting for a new uh, marvel episode to come mm-hmm. out um it certainly is like uh, so i'm like ranking up to racking up to sort of like 40 hours a week now which is um interesting i think that's like what i always want uh, wanted mm-hmm. stability and work and things like that um, yeah and you know you're working a lot of hours as well so it's definitely gonna be a bit of a challenge uh, to do this yeah. podcast moving forward I think um, but we were just kind of saying that I think as well as that the kind of there isn't any momentum going forward like with the what if series like it just feels yeah. a little and I don't want to say it but it just feels a little stale and it's just getting a bit dull now yeah it's not like it's just not what I was expecting it's not bad I just don't I don't know it's not like the usual Marvel like hype around it and I think it's just because it's kind of like a filler set of content for us like to hold us over before what is it Doctor Strange I guess or Spider-Man probably Probably Spider-Man, Venom 2, yeah. I think Shang-Chi yeah. has obviously came out over the, the last week. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think I think it's been exactly that. It's kind of just been this filler content, um, which I think has been appreciated, you know. I'm not going to complain, um, obviously, getting more on your, on your Disney Plus subscription. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, yeah, there's, a, there's not really too much room to argue. It just, yeah, just feels a little underwhelming, I suppose, is really the, the correct word to use. Definitely. Um, besides that, um, we obviously have had another episode come out on Wednesday, uh, the What If Zombies episode. Um, just your kind of generic overview, really. What do you mean? Like, my thoughts on it? Yeah, yeah. As the okay. This whole... Sorry, um, I was like, I thought I was going to hiccup, so I was trying to get that <laughs> really quickly. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, <laughs> I, like, I literally just finished watching it. It was... Mm. It was good, but I think it was, like, I don't know what my problem is with it. I think it might just be because it was, like, cliche that I was just kind of, like, eh. I don't know. Um, Also, I hated that Tom Holland wasn't in it. That, like, ruined it for me. Yeah, who who was the voice actor for Spider-Man? Do you know? I don't know, and I don't care because it wasn't Tom Holland, and it ruined it for me. (laughs) Uh. But like Yeah, no, I I think I agree with you really there. And I think it was just a very clever way as well of just that Iron Man and Captain America were kind of zombies straight away so they didn't really have to find a replacement voice actor for those people. Yeah, um, and I I also like just Yeah, that that's very true. I didn't even think about that. But what was I gonna say? Um I feel like it was kind of like, I did like the way they did it, and I liked that, like, the side characters got to be the heroes in this one. Like, yeah. Bucky, and, like, not that Bucky's a side character anymore, 
but like Bucky, um, fucking Kurt. <laughs> like, yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. that was really funny. Like all of the people who like you wouldn't really expect to be still alive. Mm. Like in my brain, I was like, how is Kurt alive? How is he alive? That man yeah, is so like stupid. He's so stupid in the Ant-Man movies. It makes no sense that he would survive yeah. the zombie apocalypse. Exactly. And then Wong was eaten. I was like, that makes no sense to me. Wong and yeah. Strange are zombies and Kurt is alive and well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they just kind of... As well, like the way that Wong dies at like the very start. Yeah. I was like, does he just... Because they all still have their powers as zombies. Which I yeah. Yeah. It was a very um, interesting concept, you know, um, the fact that a zombie can use a sort of Iron Man suit, but most of them are kind of walking around, um, you know. I mean, technically, to them. they explained it as being like a quantum illness. So yeah. it's not like they're like dead. So they can still, it's kind of like if you're sick, just because you're sick doesn't mean you can't do the things that you usually could do. Okay. If that makes sense. I feel yeah. like that's why they still have their powers. Mm. But that's just me trying to rationalize it. It, wa- it was weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was really weird. Um, <laughs> it was an interesting take, I suppose. Um, yeah, definitely. I like that it took place during Infinity War as well. Because it kind yeah. of just... It flipped that story. That, that was definitely something that I wasn't kind of expecting when I saw the title. I thought it was going to be a completely yeah. different like timeline or something. That, I don't know, whatever happened. And... Uh, yeah, no, it made sense with the whole that uh, what's called Hank Pym is like obviously going to rescue his wife like two weeks mm-hmm. before and things like that. Like, I think that just about works out, doesn't it? Like takes place at the same time as Infinity War. Yeah, I feel um, like they did a very good job of like explaining how this one happened. I can't yeah. really say that about every single one. Yeah, I think there's like, like the T'Challa the... Star-Lord one is the only other one that springs to mind that is like really... Uh, yeah, and then yeah. the one I was going to say that didn't really do it very well was the the Ant-Man one. Or the one where the Hank Pym kills all the Avengers in, like, 2012. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. 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 That one was, yeah. like, eh. I didn't really like that explanation. But this explanation actually made sense. Like, it actually was something that, like, probably could have happened in the universe. You mm-hmm. know? So. Yeah, definitely. Um... Yeah. What did you make of the um the training video that Spider-Man kind of creates? I of, like how I loved that. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. So I loved I that. I didn't like properly <laughs> notice it cuz I started watching the episode last night at like mm. 2 a.m. and I was just slowly kind of like falling asleep and I was like oh, I'll just check it tomorrow and then watched yeah. it again today but obviously the training video in, in entirety I hadn't really noticed it properly. <laughs> Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I thought it was fantastic. Um, I love that. I, like, it's exactly on brand for Peter. Like, mm-hmm. that's like what he does. He's like a little like YouTuber guy yeah. every once in a while. I thought it was so cute. I'm so glad that they did something like that. Because like, yeah. even during a zombie apocalypse, he's like, let's just do this. And I think it's cute that like Happy even participated. Because like, yeah, I like yeah. to think that like, he was just trying to like, make sure that he had some kind of semblance of normal in mm. what was going on, you know? Like, he, like, took over a father role afterwards. That's just how I like to think about it. But yeah. <laughs> I Very also read into things, that. so. 
Uh. Um, did you... What's it called? Obviously, Sharon Carter makes an appearance, whereas when we've yeah. just seen in The Falcon and Winter Soldier, she gets completely like disowned, is what I've written in my notes by the US government, um, yeah. for lack of a better word. But obviously, something has kind of happened in that timeline where she's allowed to stay there. I, I don't think so much as that. I think more so there was no one left to keep her out of the country because everyone was becoming zombies. And so she was just like... I, <laughs> continue, I kind of go ahead. That, but then, like, because doesn't everything happen, like her going to Madripoor before Infinity War? Because it all happens in Civil War, right? Yes. But, like, what I'm saying is, like, maybe she just, like, flew out when she heard that everyone was, like, in trouble. You know? I don't know. If you say so. I mean... I don't... I'm just saying. I'll catch a flight There's... in a pandemic, but a zombie apocalypse, sure. Okay. I'm going to end the call now. Good episode. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> I don't know. I just... Oh I, I thought it was just very interesting how she was just kind of just there, just in general. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. And just kind of... Yeah. Because especially after Falcon and the Winter Soldier and finding out where she's kind of been and what she's gone through. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if they if that was kind of done intentionally to kind of like maybe spite a couple of Marvel fans. But um, yeah, it was just, uh, just maybe. a little bit interesting to see her there. Um, interesting. The number one most used word on this podcast. Um, yeah, that and exciting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm excited. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Um, there yeah. was one bit which uh, I did find actually quite funny was when uh, Okoye uh, she kills Sam in front of Bucky. Uh, yes. Yeah. And Sam, yeah. Um, and she's like, "Oh, sorry, like I killed your friend." Whereas she just replies, uh, Bucky replies, "I should be sad, but I'm not." Yeah. I fucking love that. Absolutely loved it. Um, it's just Why? such a Bucky comment. I don't know. It's just such a Bucky yeah. comment, isn't it? <laughs> Um, and when you really look at the relationship or friendship between them, Sam and Bucky, like, mm-hmm. it's exactly type of shit that he would have said, like, up to that point. Yeah, that's true. Definitely. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was the Bucky versus Steve fight as well, um, which was yeah, interesting. Yeah, I, I really liked the way that Steve died. Mm-hmm. I know that's, like, I don't know. That may, that's a little morbid. But, like, I liked the way they did it. <laughs> Like, I was just expecting him to, like, shoot him in the head. But, like, I liked the fact that he, like, got killed by his own shield. Like, I, I don't know. I just thought that was, like, very... Ah, okay, yeah. A very creative yeah. way to do it, you know? Yeah, no, I did like that. Um, yeah, I thought it was just very interesting to... Um, literally was struggling so hard to find another word to use just then. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think just that how... You know, it was Bucky to kind of kill Steve. And I didn't really know, like, because the way that they died at the start with Iron Man, um, who else was there? Doctor Strange and Wong, I think. I think it was those three, yes. three that died at yeah. the very start. It's all very kind of sudden, whereas, like, Bucky versus Steve kind of seemed like a bit of a... It was drawn out a little bit more. Yeah, 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 that's exactly it. Yeah. Um, and I kind of like that they did that. Um, just because obviously you know the relationship between uh, Steve Rogers and Bucky Barnes. Um, I actually just made this 
connection kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I know this probably doesn't mean anything, but like I think it's interesting that they decided to put the scene where um, Steve dies on a train because when Bucky dies, yeah. he, they were on a train. Okay. Potentially intense. I just think that that's interesting. I don't know if that was like, I'm pretty sure it was on purpose. I don't yeah. know. But, like, there's a possibility that that was on purpose and they did it because of that. But I don't know. Yeah, no. Just something to think about. Yeah, no, <laughs> I like that. That's definitely a good a good um, observation. Uh, for sure. Didn't think about that at all. Um, yeah. I just thought about it when we were talking about <laughs> it. And I was like, oh, there's a parallel there. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Ant-Man <laughs> getting brought back to life as a future ROM head was fucking <laughs> fantastic. Like, there's obviously no logical explanation for how that is done in modern day. Yeah, they didn't explain how they did it. (laughs) They just did it. And then he was making dad jokes the whole time. And I was like, bro, what? (laughs) I love Paul Rudd being in this episode. I really did. Um, Oh, my God. I don't know. I I absolutely love that addition. It's just absolutely wild. Um, and a, yeah. a, a true comedic moment, um, which was just completely unexpected. Like I, I kind of had the feeling because obviously, in the opening credits, like they credit Paul Rudd, and I was like, they wouldn't credit him for like a line, like that he says at the very yeah. Start. So like, that's some, what I was like, thinking some too. Way that like he's still alive or whatever, um, or like been mm-hmm. cured. Um, but yeah, I just <laughs> I was not expecting. I that. wasn't ex. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it at all. Uh. Um, yeah, it, okay. It kind of makes me feel like he cured all of him and then fed the rest of him to Wanda. Potentially actually. Yeah. Yeah. Because there was no reason for him to just be, there was no reason for him to just be like a severed head. Yeah. Cause like in the first scene, when you see him get attacked, like he just gets bit. So there's no reason why he should just be a head. Mm. So I think Vision cured him, but like kept him asleep and then woke him up when he was just a head left. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I can see that. (laughs) God, yeah. I mean, that whole... It just makes the whole Vision and Wonder, and I know that their relationship is just a bit weird anyway, but, like, this episode yeah. just takes it from 0 to 100 or more from, like, 50 to 100, you know? It's just a bit it kind of, weird. It kind of was, like, a reverse WandaVision, though, if you think about it. Oh, uh, so, like, being in control of Wanda rather than yeah. being in control of Vision. Yeah, I suppose yeah, I can exactly. see that. Yeah, Like, it was, like, the same kind of, like, concept where, like, someone was mourning their loved one and just trying to take care of them and like just have them in their life uh-huh. um the one thing about vision's whole thing that i didn't understand was that he was like okay i have to fix this and then he kills himself yeah that it confused the hell out i of was me. like i was like how is that fixing it you made it worse yeah you're literally the smartest thing in the universe and you made it worse yeah what I just didn't even understand how, what he was trying to do by like leveling the place to like track Wanda, um, because I feel like he could have even done a lot more to give the other guys a better chance of escaping. Because then obviously, yeah, um, 
Bruce Banner then has to turn into the Hulk and fight off all the zombies and they have to fly off. Like I feel like he could have given them a much better chance yeah. to escape, at least if he was going to sacrifice himself, you know? I, it felt, yeah. It just felt strange. I, it just did not, it did not make sense to me yeah. <laughs> at all. Uh, um, they obviously managed to escape and are heading their way to Wakanda, um, which is where we get the... Uh, cliffhanger, I suppose, for this episode, where yeah, zombie this is the end up with the stones. This is the first one where I was like, okay, I could see a part two because it felt very like abrupt. Yeah, and it f- did feel like they were like leading up to something. Mm. And I, I've said since the beginning, like I've stood by this that I don't think that they're ever gonna do part twos. Yeah. But that one was like a cliffhanger. Yeah. Definitely. It's it's weird as well, because I think, not for all of the episode, but for most of the episode, as I obviously understood that it was in the Infinity War timeline, I started to just kind of think mm-hmm. that obviously Doctor Strange had the time stone back then, and Vision obviously has a stone there. It was just kind of like, why don't they just get the Infinity Stones and, you know, or just even the time stone, just go back in time. And try and fix it. Yeah. Like it just, it's just weird how it kind of never occurred to them. But I guess that's the way that they wanted the episode to play out. Um, yeah. Yeah. It well, just... it's also like they didn't they didn't know that Strange had the Time Stone. No, yeah. I'm trying to think who actually knew Strange like before Infinity War, but I don't think there really is anyone. No Thor. one. Thor. Yeah. yeah. And then obviously pause in space. I yeah, know. I suppose it does make sense. Um, yeah. But no. I feel like if they knew that, they would have done it. But also, I was just confused on how Thanos got the time stone when his two lackeys became zombies. Well, I think he was in... Because the Thanos at the end is a zombie himself, isn't he? Yeah. Okay. So I think But I just figured that, that when he... I just figured that when he got there, he got bit by someone. Yeah, probably. And I think it's just, you can kind of make out that he is in New York. And I think he's literally just prying them from their dead corpses. Um, I think that's all it really was. Yeah. Um, True. I don't know. I guess we'll find out in the sequel next year. (laughs) Oh, God. You're really, you're really thinking that there's going to be sequels. I don't, I don't think so, but. Yeah. I think it's just, it's one of them. I mean, this one, this one definitely has potential, but. I just think that they're definitely going to go with more of a Twilight Zone type thing and just keep coming up with new stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it just really depends how the series has been received, you know? Like, if people are kind of receiving yeah. it live cast where it's like, eh, like, yeah. it's a chore to watch it sort and of And I feel like a lot of people, I feel like a lot of people probably are. Yeah feeling that way i think there has been so. a, very, a very big mixed reception so far so i don't know yeah it just kind of depends how how the audience feedback is taken on by marvel studios and by disney plus and wherever they actually want to do it because it, it is genuinely one of those series where they could literally do whatever they want um they could do a sequel mm-hmm. they could not do a sequel um you know they can reverse anything yeah. because it's literally the name of the show um yeah True. Um, ratings, I guess, really, for that episode. Um, overall, what do you think of it? What's your rating? 
I feel like six and a half. Okay. It was a very average episode in my opinion. Like I liked it. Like I liked the way they did a lot of it, but I wasn't, it was very, like I said before, it was very cliche and like just zombie apocalypse. Yeah. We've seen it before. We'll see it again. Yeah. yeah. It's a small group of people trying to just stay alive at this point. It wasn't really like saving the world, you know? Yeah, I think I, I feel you. Um, I think I gave it a... Well, actually, I just kind of like kept the rating from last week's episode, because I, which was 7 out of 10, I believe. Um, and I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. probably around there. And then I think I was kind of like, maybe it's a 6, but we'll give it a 7. So I think 6.5 out of 10 is probably about right, really. Um, yeah. There's not really too much of a wow factor in this episode um nor was it a bad episode really it was just kind of very average i think is the perfect word that you used um you know was yeah gonna watch it anyway and we'll probably watch next week's episode yep we're now obviously just going to give our reaction and official breakdown on of anything that we saw in shang chi and the legend of the ten rings um I guess it's always good to start with kind of like first impressions of the movie in general. Spoke to you over the weekend. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed this movie just like myself. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just tell us your, your general first impressions of Shang-Chi. First impressions like after the film or like as the film began? Uh, I guess a bit of both really. Okay. So like, what was it? I loved the opening sequence and how it was all in Chinese. I mm-hmm. loved that. I I was sitting there, though, and I was like, I know there's people in the audience here that are probably going to be like, I can't follow this. Like, I can't follow the subtitles and all that kind of stuff. But I loved it. I thought it was so, it made it so much more, like, personable. And I loved that they didn't, always speak English the entire time, you know? Like, there were a few Mm -hmm. parts throughout the film where they were not speaking English, and I was like, thank you. Finally, someone who's from somewhere and speaks a different language and doesn't always speak English in an American film. I was like, this is amazing. I love this. I'm so happy. Um, I loved that. I also loved the soundtrack throughout I, my roommate and I were talking about it and we were saying that there was no, this is the first soundtrack since Black Panther that we were like, we're going to listen to this on the way home because it's so good. Like it was, it was so good. And I just loved like everything about it. I loved it. I thought it was so cool. It gave me like, what do I want to say? Like live action anime type, like fantasy anime like, it kind of gave me, um, what was it? I want to say Avatar, okay. and I don't know why, but, like, I think it's just, like, the flying dragon at the end. <laughs> Even though there's not really, like, I mean, there, there were dragons in Avatar, so maybe that's what it was. I don't know. But I was just like, oh, this is so good. This is so good. I, yeah. and when you said, I forget who it was. I think it was, I think it was you who said, like, it was more of, like, an experimental film, and Marvel was like, oh, we're just, like, trying things out. 
I was very nervous and I was like, "Uh Oh, that scares me. Um, but I think they did everything perfectly right. I think they did everything right. It was so good. It was amazing. I loved it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think like when it came to experimenting, like they hadn't really done like a martial arts movie to my knowledge. Yeah. One that I could really think of. Um, and yeah, I think like you were saying about like just the small details, you know, like the characters speaking in their native language and the whole introduction. I loved that like whole going back in history and exactly like you were saying, like kind of like going back with Black Panther. Um, mm-hmm. Like for you, like you were saying it was a soundtrack story. Yeah? yeah. Like for me, like it was reminiscent of Black Panther because it's explained in the story up until the modern day. Um, where yeah, the mom is relaying the story to her son about her dad, uh, about his dad, sorry, um, all the way up until the sort of like modern day. Um, I just absolutely loved that. I loved how they did, they captured that in like a couple of minutes and then you're just all up to date, you know? Mm-hmm. Shang-Chi, not a very, I don't want to say popular, but not a very well-known character yeah. in the MCU. This was his introduction movie fans going to watch to the cinema to watch Shang-Chi for the first time probably don't know who it is you know um and yeah. I think it just it covered that for any new Marvel fans straight away um yeah so yeah I thought I thought that was um just perfectly done perfectly perfectly done yeah um so yeah and I just loved it all the way through um loved the fight scenes at the very end uh the entire battle um I just thought was absolutely fantastic yeah. yeah, it was crazy. It was so good. Oh, the other thing I was going to say was I like, I really liked Aquafina's character. And I uh-huh. liked that there was kind of like, okay, so throughout the entire film, like in the beginning, especially, I was like, they better not just like force a relationship. Yeah. On these uh, two I people. Know, I know where you're getting at, yeah. And I loved that they maintained the fact that they were just friends until the literal very end. And I Mm -hmm. do see potential of them actually getting together later, Mm -hmm. but I'm glad that they didn't force it in the first film. Yeah. Because I have, I, I just feel like films always have this forced romance for no reason. And like, I was so glad that they kept it out of it. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, like you saying kind of like forced romance like just reminds me of uh star wars uh with finn and ray and then it eventually became ray and kylo ren which was so forced like it just seemed a bit like do you really have to do this like nobody really pictured them together at all um and that's exactly kind of what they did it just got to the movie where they flipped it on its head and just put them put them two together you know there was no real build-up um whereas Mm -hmm. with katie and shang chi um it was exactly, it was exactly that. There kind of has been that build up where they've gone through this whole like experience together, and you still can kind of like consider them as friends. Um, but yeah, you can see the potential for them uh, moving yeah. into a kind of relationship or being boy boyfriend and girlfriend. You know, very nice. Yeah, I I don't. I feel like it's gonna be like a slow burn, and I usually don't like slow burn. At least when yeah. I'm like reading books. But, like, yeah. this is going to be a good one. And I can feel it. <laughs> like, okay. And I just, I really like the thought that Aquafina will finally be a fucking, like, love interest instead of just a quirky best friend. 
Because she's yeah. always the quirky best friend. Yeah. It's yeah. her time. But, like, <laughs> I'm glad that they didn't do it yet. Yeah, <laughs> no, definitely. That should be good. Yeah. Um, starting with, obviously, at the very start of the movie, do you know how the Mandarin explains it, that, like, he's been around for, like, a thousand years or something like that, and he rules yeah. like, the empire? Um, it occurred to me, it kind of, like, upon finishing the film... That was like, didn't you just find it really strange that it took him until 1996 to settle down and like have a wife and have a couple of kids? I was honestly shocked that he was, I was shocked that he was around for their childhood. I was like, this man is so power hungry. He's just going to leave this woman as soon as he knocks her up. Yeah. That's what I I was expecting. I was surprised, yeah. I was, I... I'm, I was more so shocked that he settled down than that than the fact that he, like, hadn't before, if that makes sense. Like, I yeah, feel like I it guess. was not, I... it was not very on brand for him to settle down at all, and I'm not shocked that it took him that long. Yeah, it felt like he was that powerful and so in control and, like, had his goals set out of what he wanted to do. That to kind of be mm-hmm. that blindsided by a, by a female, it just didn't seem right. <laughs> uh, it just seemed a little bit strange that he would just kind of um, go there. But I suppose, again, it's like nitpicking. It's how kind of like how they make the stories. Um, but I just found it funny more than anything. Like, if he was going to settle down at some point, why is it taking him yeah. a thousand years to find one person? <laughs> like, surely he must have come across somebody. I mean, I think, I genuinely think that it probably had something to do with her power. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, yeah. even, even Shang was talking about it and he was saying that his mother was the only one who was able to beat him yeah, in the yeah. thousand years. So, like, I think that would have, like, been like, oh, you're also really powerful. Cute. Mm-hmm. Let's have kids. He was a very power hungry man. Like very power yeah. hungry. So I, I would not be surprised if he like expected Shang's mother to actually teach him what she knew, you know? Yeah. And then she yeah, never yeah. did. So Um What did you this is obviously fast forwarding because I think like Shang Chi, like like we did with Black Widow, like it's so hard to break There's, down a two and a yeah. half hour movie that yeah. I'd rather just go through like a couple of points. Um, and if obviously you've got any in particular that you want to point out, then we will kind of do that. Um, obviously yeah. we spoke on the phone as well that I was just very pissed off that the Abomination cameo was literally just a cameo. Yeah, I, I was. I, confused about how he would even be like the villain i was like i don't get how they're gonna bring that in um so i was not surprised that it was just a cameo because i was like "Mm, i don't know how they're gonna do that it'll feel forced if they like made it into anything else yeah um i loved wong's cameo though i thought that was funny i thought it was funny that wong was actually the one fighting the abomination. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh. <laughs> yeah. I think we said and the that fact the, that he just like goes to fight down, like, clubs. 
Yeah, and just, like, the fact that he goes to, like, a fight club to, like, beat up this monster. Yeah. And then, like, he's friends with the monster outside of the fights. I was like, bro, what is this double life you're living? I did, I definitely did I just thought it was so funny. I think it's just the way that the, the way that I received the trailer, um, was... Yeah. I just knew that Shang-Chi was going to fight Abomination, and that was going to be, like, Abomination's, like, big return. Um, when in reality, Bong, <laughs> Wong just beats him up <laughs> and then that's it. Yeah. And he goes back and I was like, yeah, fair. Um, I just felt yeah. like the whole, his sister going to fight him was just so predictable. I was like, no, like it can't be because it's just that predictable. So I don't know. I don't really know how I feel about that. I, I agree that it was predictable, but it was also necessary for the story. Yeah. So, um, I wasn't mad about it. I kind of liked it. Cause like, I like when things are like so predictable that they're like, that you're like, surely not, surely it's not going to happen. Yeah. But then it does. Like, I just, I kind of like that because it makes you feel like, oh, I can actually, I can see what's coming next. Like I got this. I don't know. That's just my film major brain where I'm like, oh, I can still, I can still analyze things. It makes me very happy. <laughs> um, I think one of the biggest uh, showstoppers or show stealers um, had to be Trevor and Morris. Um, absolutely loved their addition. You know, as in the yes. guy who played the Mar- Mandarin. Trevor the actor, yes, Morris, yes, like, yeah, whatever the fuck that thing was. <laughs> I know, thought that was, was so hell, funny. I so ugly. <laughs> I loved that thing. I want like a plushie of it. Like it's so <laughs> cute. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought that was really funny. Trevor was just like, like I'm glad that he was more of like the what's it called comic relief mm-hmm. than Aquafina was. Yeah. Like, I'm just so glad that his character was, like, inputted into that. Oh, I thought it was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I think it was great to just kind of, like, continue to include him, you know? Um, because I just did, yeah. genuinely didn't see, uh, didn't imagine that he would ever, we would ever see him again after Iron Man 3. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, yeah, it was definitely, um, Definitely the way that I wanted to see him. And obviously using the name with the Mandarin, like obviously the actual Mandarin was kind of upset by that and things. Um, but yeah, definitely as the, being as the comic relief, like absolutely nailed it. Um, even the, the scene where the entire battle's going on and they both end up playing dead. Um, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Um, what yeah. I think hurts <laughs> me about watching it in the cinema um, and I think even with Lauren as well, uh, who came to see me, to see it with me, um, no one really had any idea who he was. And that just kind of irked me. I was like, oh my God, like nobody's like, Wait, made really? any kind of reaction. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And it was strange. Maybe, maybe was, like, it's, the person there. maybe it's because we paid the extra to see it in Dolby. Okay. But everyone in the theater was like. Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> like no. we That's all were exactly. kind of just like we were like, like as soon as he showed up on the screen, everyone just started laughing. We were like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like I can't. Oh, I exactly I can't believe I that. 
Yeah, no, I was I was oh, so disappointed. That's sad. That's exactly what I was expecting. I ended up being the only person in the cinema making that reaction. I was like, oh, this is really cool. Um, yeah. That sucks. <laughs> but no, um, 100%. I think Morris plushy sales are definitely going to go up in the next few months. Oh my God, I want one so bad. I want one so bad. It was so cute. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, them two, uh, absolutely fantastic. Love them together. Um, and the way that Trevor mm-hmm. is the only one to really understand what Morris is saying, um, I thought yeah. it was brilliant. <laughs> it's like, how does this yeah. crackhead know what this thing's saying, yet none of you do? I also thought it was really funny that, like, as soon as Morris came out, he was like, oh, my God, you see him too. Yeah. I'm not going crazy. <laughs> I'm not hallucinating. Like, oh, my bro. God. <laughs> I was like, bro, you need to you need to go to therapy, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, um. Another kind of like key point, which I thought was really cool um, and the way they did things is that Aquafina basically ends up being the savior. Yes. Um, Yeah. It's like, it's like Pepper. It's like Pepper in the Iron Man films. Mm -hmm. How like Pepper is always the one to like beat the villain in all of the Iron Man films. Like she's always the reason why the villain gets defeated. Um, So I, I really liked that they did that because I don't know. I just, I just liked it. <laughs> no, but I think it's, it's like we said, like, because even during that whole kind of like build up of Aquafina, like wanting to help and everyone at, I forget the name of the place. Is it Tao Lao? Is that right? Wherever you pronounce it. Um, the village where they are. Ta- like, Talo. Talo. See. Um, Everyone there is just kind of like doesn't really expect her to do anything because like she's just a normal human yeah. being, like has no special gifts or talents or anything like that. Um, practice yeah. a little bit of archery and boosts her confidence and yeah, and then just like fucking uh, stops Goes the protector to from having its soul sucked out of it. So save yeah. the world. Essentially. Yeah. Like I thought that was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. What did you make of the mid credit scene? Um, obviously you got. Shang-Chi and um, Katie who are kind of pulled in by Wong um, to yeah. kind of analyse the Ten Rings and it realises that there's obviously something a little bit deeper in there. It's older than Wakandan tech um, and it's a lot older than they originally expected. Okay. I have a theory. Okay. Here we go. It's Eternals tech. Yes. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Okay, yeah, because, like, there's no way that something would have just, like, dropped them on Earth and it wouldn't have, like, released some kind of signature or, like, some kind of, like, I don't even know. Like, if it was, like, in an asteroid or if, like, something, like, I don't know. I don't know how things get to the world. But you know what I'm trying to say, right? Like, if it had, like, crash-landed on the Earth, there would be some kind of, like, archaeological signature in that area to Mm -hmm. say, like, how old it was. Or, like, there would be some kind of, like, dirt on it or something that would tell you how old it is. And just the fact that they can't trace it at all makes me think that it's from the Eternals. And also the writing on it. 
I think it was, yeah, the, the writing and just the kind of, the, the general look about it. Um, yeah. And I think it's just very convenient that, you know, one of the next releases, even though I keep forgetting about it, is The Eternals. Um, yeah. And I think See, I keep forgetting about Venom 2, so... Oh, no, Venom 2, I'm so <laughs> excited about. But Eternals, I'm like, oh, yeah, like it's coming out in, like, a couple yeah. of months. Um, a matter of weeks, really, now. But, yeah, no, yeah. I'm always forgetting about Eternals. But I think it's just very convenient that it's coming out and, you know, we've had Shang-Chi and then that technology there. And the whole, like, it was transmitting a beacon or something like that is what they were talking yeah. about. Um, I think, yeah, it's a, it's a bit too convenient for it not to be Eternals tech that... Um, yeah, yeah, that it won't potentially be featured in the upcoming Eternals movie. Um, Definitely, I also have a feeling that like it's kind of like the Thor and Mjolnir thing, where like you have to be worthy of it. Okay. To yeah. an extent, like for it to like give off that kind of signature, because they said that they didn't know about it until he used them. Not his father. Right, sure. Well, that explains, like, the different colours, doesn't it? Like, maybe yeah, his father that's... wasn't entirely worthy in the first place, yeah. maybe. Exactly. So, like, I'm yeah. thinking that it's kind of, like, a... I don't know. Some kind of, like, worthiness thing. Where, like, once someone who's, like, worthy of wielding it... Someone who's going to use it for what it's actually meant to be used for then it gives off that energy signature because it's at its full potential. Maybe it doesn't allow you to use all of its, like, strength and power if you are not worthy of it. Okay. Yeah. No, definitely. I don't know. I can definitely see that. Um, Just like a fail scene. Post-credit scene. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, post-credit scene. Zhiliang becomes the leader of the Ten Rings, becomes a, the new villain yes. in a way. Um, very excited by that change and move um, because I it made sense what she says in the start in the earlier on in the film. I think is why I could yeah. kind of see it coming. I don't particularly see her being a villain. Okay. Um, I see her kind of making the Ten Rings into some kind of spy organization to kind right. of like help the world instead of hurt the world the way her father was using it you know maybe you know what i can see it being is a very similar operation to what val is doing okay right? like taking sort of like-minded uh super powered individuals and bringing them up into an organization which isn't necessarily good, isn't necessarily bad. Like, it's just a bit of that kind of grey area. That's what I think I can kind of yeah. see. Okay. Um, whether I she see teams it up definitely with at some point in the future, I don't know. I definitely see it. I can see it being that. But mm. if it is, I feel like it's the antithesis of that. So, like, it's like the good counterpart of Val's bad. Like, Val's neutral society thing right now right, is going right. to turn bad, and hers is going to be good. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, know. I think so. I, I feel really like, I just feel like she character. wouldn't... Oh, I do. 
I don't see her as being a bad guy because of how, like, she was left out by her father. So I feel like she would want to be anything but what her father was, if that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I just think... So the whole reason why she started the kind of, like, underground fight club at, like, 16 was, like, oh, if I couldn't have my father's empire, then I was going to build my own. Like, she just seemed yeah. very set on having her own kind of, like, organization. I don't know. Well, um, yeah, but that doesn't particularly mean that it's going to be one that does bad, you know? Like, it doesn't mean that she wants to do harm in the world. Because, like, she was just... She was just running a fight club. <coughs> yeah. You know? No, it yeah, wasn't like... I don't know. It wasn't like an assassin ring or something. Like, I, do, I don't see her being a bad person, personally. Okay. But that's just me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Time will tell. Um, just, yeah, I think I'm just... Regardless, whatever happens, very excited to see her as the leader of the Ten Rings and how they move forward with that. What, yeah. In whatever Definitely. capacity it really is. Um. Mm-hmm. Definitely makes it very interesting. Um, right, so just before we wrap up, we have this one theory which we're going to talk about, which I sent to you over TikTok. Um, makes a lot of sense. Um, there's also yeah. obviously some kind of skepticism to it. Um, but there's this theory going around that Doctor Strange uh, in the Spider-Man No Way, uh, no Way Home trailer is potentially an imposter. Um, reasons being that like he wouldn't conjure that kind of spell. Um, what were the other reasons? That's the only one that I can really think of. But like he wouldn't want to do a spell that's that dangerous and things like that, or doesn't one that he doesn't and really also, know too well. He's seen the outcome of every timeline. That's it. Yeah. To the point where he should know. But the the hole in that is. He's seen the outcome of every timeline, but the divine timeline is over. Right. At this point, it is no longer. So, straying from the timeline is not as... It's easier to do now because there isn't one anymore. Everything's just kind of chaos. Um, Then again, that could be one of the things that just like branches off our MCU, but bless you. (laughs) Um, I do really like the theory though. And I can see it just from the way that he looks, his hair is off. His hair is very off to me. And I'm like, it's too perfect. It looks like a wig. The clothes aren't normal as well as what I noticed. Like, yeah. Like, I, I, you know, have no arguments with Doctor Strange, you know, taking some chill out time and maybe he does want to wear trainers every now and then, but it just seemed weird. It just, it wasn't right. I was like, oh, like his entire outfit is different. His hair's weird. Like, yeah. something just looked a little off with him, um, which is why I kind of buy into it a little bit. Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely buy into it. Um... I I don't I don't see why he would even indulge Peter in like the idea of being able to like change the timeline for him. Yeah. You know? So yeah, yeah. I think I think that there's definitely something sketchy going on. Definitely, for sure. But um yeah, no. 
as always, like looking very much to, to seeing Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, oh, yeah. Apparently, there's another trailer that's going to come out at some point. We just have to kind of wait and see. Yeah. Because um, apparently, there wasn't meant to be a trailer anyway. So, interesting. Yeah. Um, I feel like there was definitely meant to be one. They were just going to hold off on it for a little bit. And then it got leaked. I and think then... it's because it got leaked. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, okay. Well. Thank you, as always, for joining me on this podcast. Um, of course. We'll obviously keep in touch and see where we can do the next one, if we're going to do one for next week or week after or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. We will obviously keep you guys updated over social media as to when we will be doing the next episodes. Uh, but thank yes. you, as always, for tuning in, whether it's been on Facebook, YouTube, uh, Spotify. Uh, greatly appreciate the support. And thank you also uh, for everything that was there last week uh, last week's episode did particularly well uh, we're very happy with the results of that um so yeah <laughs> i'm gonna try and stop blabbing now thank you very much for <laughs> tuning in and we will see you soon bye